can you see me? Yes, I can. Okay. So do you feel like a woman like me? Uh-huh. What would you rank yourself on a scale from one to 10? You cannot use seven. Would I rate myself? Mm-hmm, just your face. Um, my face when I wake up, five, but when I put myself together, six. Okay. And how tall are you? Five, five. Dress size. I'm sorry? Your dress size. A three. Okay. So that makes you, if you give yourself a five, that's average. Yes. So average looking women tend not to get high earning men. They tend to get average men. So, um, did you, did you, I mean, stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Breathe and digest. You're 35 years old and you can look around and see the world. You don't tend to see higher earning men with average looking women off rip. If you do see them, they got them, they got their average looking woman when they were both really young and he built his way up. But a man earning the kind of money you're talking about does not go for an average looking woman. I mean, my body is not average, so. But your ma'am, you please don't make me say it. Say what? I really just wanted some advice. I love your. Yeah, I'm giving you. I'm giving you advice, but you're not taking it. The I'm, advice is, ma'am, ma'am, you're average looking at best. I'm taking it in, but okay, but you're not accepting the fact that okay, average looking women, average looking woman who's older, average looking older woman with a 13 year old son. Average-looking woman with a 13-year-old son with a sketchy baby daddy. This gets worse every time I say something. And now you're asking for a man who's in the top 10% of men. You don't qualify for one. And you're making... I mean, I don't, I don't want to have to go there. But when you put in the, all these other factors... Why can't you just get a man that's an average guy? Sometimes I feel like um, in order to fully submit, I have to feel like he's in Well, then you're gonna, then you're gonna die alone. How about that? You, let me just cut to the chase, ma'am. Uh, you can feel like what you want to, but women like you die alone, straight up. Because you think you're better than the men that you qualify for. And the only reason, honestly, ma'am, that I can see a woman like yourself really thinking you deserve more is because you earn more because you earn more money than most people around you in North Carolina. But if your ass worked at the post office, you would not think so highly of your opportunities. And that's the reality. We don't... Men... Welcome to the first installment of Black Thoughts and Open Conversation. This is my friend, Brian Freeman. What's going on, everybody? And, uh, you know, we had uh, this early conversation about Kevin Samuels and, like, all the, the drama that he stirred up on social media. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, a lot of hot takes. He's very abrasive in how he comes across. But I definitely understand, like, 
the underlining reason as to why he's coming out is very applicable in my life. Some of the statistics that he puts out <clears throat> are very like very African American centric, you know, as far as like the experience that we can all relate to. We all have aunts and uncles that he talks about and kind of like that stigmatized, like that stereotypical attitude that like black women have uh, been labeled but also still face today. And it's like this underlining uh, tone that needs to be addressed. <clears throat> Kevin Samuels, I don't know. His way of doing, going about it is very abrasive, but that's what me and Brian wants to talk about uh, today. So Brian happens to disagree about certain things. How about you elaborate on exactly how you feel about Kevin Samuels as a whole? Um. Before we dive into okay, Kev, <laughs> go for it. You gonna be Kev today? Hey, let me, let me proudly talk, let me talk a little bit about myself. So, um, and of course, you already know a lot of this. Obviously, I mean, we're both mm-hmm. from PG County. Um, met at McNamara. Shout out to McNamara. Mac, Shout out, Mac. Class twenty ten. Yep, twenty ten. Good stuff. Um, so I grew up in a two parent household. Uh, my parents divorced when I went to college. When I went to Morehouse College. That's a 2014 shout out to Morehouse, always shouting out. Um, and so my lived experience is in a two parent household, um, working on establishing two parent household. I'm married and my wife, we're expecting our first child in, in August. So, um, all of that comes into perspective when we talk about Kevin Samuels and we talking about my personal dating experiences, my experiences watching, you know, my sisters, my two older sisters, mm-hmm. um, Ayo and Ashley, and then my nephew, Harry. Um, and yeah, so all of that comes into play. Um, yeah. So Cam sent me some stuff to watch about Kevin Samuels. Cause I just seen the memes along the internet and like anybody, I love memes and I love, uh, when they come up with something crazy, like the meme was the one where it was like, um, when women have won all arguments with men and like the final boss and they have to face the final boss, mm-hmm. the final boss was like Kevin Samuels sitting in his chair. Just right. So yeah. Um, and it was funny. It was funny. It's a funny meme. But when you really think about it, and I start to explore its content, thanks to you. Um, so we focused in on that first video, that average at best video, yeah. um, where he just completely like obliterates homegirl. Um, RIP to homegirl, wherever you are. Hey, she's um, still recovering. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just his style. His style is very, like you said, abrasive, aggressive. But my question to you is like, is it necessary? Is it necessary to be that antagonistic when you say you're trying to help people? So for everybody that decided to view this, I'm going to play the video. <clears throat> exactly like the meat of like uh, the video that blew up off of social media. It's called the average at best video, mm-hmm. which you can see on YouTube yep. in full. It's about 20 minutes. But as far as just to, to answer your point, I think he does have to come off that strong, that abrasive for, for, for women specifically to, to get it. I don't know if it's going to work, but putting it politely and sugarcoating it and taking the edge off that you would otherwise give to to a man to in order to receive a message. Like you, you would have to in his way, like the strict way that a man would understand and grasp like a concept. He's trying to apply that to like a woman and women. You know, it's it's hard. It's hard, straightforward, like brutally honest information that. Mm-hmm. Is going to, I feel like, is going to 
have women come to grips with themselves and who they are and challenge themselves on like exactly what they need to do to change what they feel like they need to change to get the, the quality of life that they need. But I think it is necessary to be that abrasive, just like my father had to, you know, tell me kind of sternly, you know, about certain things. It sunk in when he, you know, put his foot on it. But, you know, women oftentimes get into their emotions when things are a little more, you know, jarring a little bit. You know, the pill is a little bit harder to swallow. Um, so he's fighting that, like the the, the nature of a, of a woman, you know, I feel like is to is emotional. So it's like, you know, he's had he has these talks with uh, women on his podcast, and oftentimes it's like they'll do these things where he has like the steps of women that you know when they try to deflect responsibility or accountability in situations. It's like shame, insults, guilt, and the need to be right. It's like his his top four. And when I talk to my girlfriend, I'll use her for an example. She tends to follow Uh-oh. these steps. <laughs> what, are, what are the steps? Like, the shame, insults, guilt, and the need to be right. You know, making somebody, it's like, it's like redirecting uh, accountability and responsibility in a, in a, in an argument. And it's very creative. Like I used to think my girl was doing this on purpose, you know? And I used to be like, yo, I feel like you're lying to me. Yeah, but it's like you're gaslighting on me. You're gaslighting me when you're saying something happened that didn't happen or you're misportraying something that happened and like, saying like that. What's, it's, what's an example so I can, I can understand? Where do I begin with that? We got to get examples. <laughs> like an example? Let me see. We could be talking about like. You, you Googling the examples? No, no, no. What? I saw something on Twitter. <laughs> Damn. My TikTok is about to go off. I saw something on Twitter that was a little bit more accurate um, as far as like the steps. I was talking to my friend about this the other day. I was trying to find a tweet real quick. Um, well, while you're doing that, yeah. I can hop in here. I got you. Thanks. So I'm a, and I know um, I've watched a couple of Kevin Samuels videos. I haven't watched his entire portfolio, obviously. He's got tons of videos. But one of the things I've seen consistently is that when people, um, bring up disagreements with Kevin Samuels and reference uh, educational literature, um, such as concepts around, um, you know, white supremacy, black empowerment, feminism, um, history. He tends to shoot a lot of that stuff down. Um, You know, he himself says, I'm not a therapist. You know, I'm an image consultant. I'm not this, I'm not that. So Mm -hmm. I know he stays in his lane, but to truly help someone you have to really explore all of the lanes. So for example, myself, you know, I, I go to therapy on a regular basis. It's important. Um, I think everyone should go to therapy. I think the black community has a dire need for therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I've worked on in therapy is effective communication. Um, there was a time period where, um, you know, for example, with speaking with certain people, specifically like my in-laws, I would try to say something and communicate something. Mm-hmm. And it would backfire. It would make them upset or it would trigger them or they wouldn't understand or it would go past them. Mm-hmm. And like what? So something there, that would trigger them. So there were just discussions like, for example, uh, my future sister-in-law, um, you know, we were watching football and me not thinking because I, I just rock, I just rock like, you know, everybody can do anything. And so we were watching football. She turned it on. It was like Thursday night football. And I just, out of nowhere, I was like, oh, you ever play any football? 
Like I didn't think it was a big deal. That was a big deal to her. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was. It was. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And I didn't think it was a big deal because you know we got the powder puff leagues and we got the women's uh, league in DC and all. Oh no, she probably interpreted that as like you calling me like I'm the size of drone betters. Yes, like, that's, I'm that's, a cool, that's how she interpreted it. I'm I did not mean bat. it that way. I was just like, oh, anybody can play football. Um, right. And so in learning effective <laughs> communication, it's not necessarily um, what you're saying. It's understanding your audience. It's making sure that your message can reach them. So instead of saying you ever play any football, you ever play football, I learned I could have simply said, hey, what sports you played growing up? And that's the same question. I'm getting the same information that I was seeking, but I'm catering it to my audience. And that's something that you learn um, as a form of effective communication. And if you are a coach and you are trying to form lives and benefit people, Mm. communication has to be at the root of your message. Otherwise, you're losing people. Mm-hmm. So I know he's not a therapist. Mm-hmm. I know he's not a psychologist. I know he's not a theorist. I know he works only in the practicality and the left brain. We, we can talk more about that because I'm doing some reading on left brain, right brain. Yeah. Um, but if you are truly trying to nurture the whole person, which I would say as an image consultant, that's impossible. Um, then you need to work on your communication. Yeah, I don't think that's that's his goal. It's to nurture anybody's whole person. At all. <laughs> and that's a problem. That's Because so many people come to him. I don't think it's his problem. Because he's like, if it, the way I see an image consultant is like, uh, what was that movie? When that, that guy changed Steve Carell's whole style up. Whatever it was. It's like they rate people. Like they'll sign a number. They'll Come say on, like, you need it. Hmm? Hitch? No. Nah. Okay, wrong movie. Mm-mm. I don't watch a whole lot of movies. It was some. It was like uh, cut this one tape. It's one of those famous white boys. Um, <laughs> but he was the lead. Uh, but no, like they're like they're like in this movie, the image consultant, both guys, mm-hmm. the the you know the client and the actual image consultant. He was like, oh, you got to tighten this up. You got to do this. You got to do that. You know, you had to just be very critical of somebody. That's the thing, like. The, the world is critical of people. Like, we live in a critical real world. You know what I'm saying? Like, the fact that somebody can call you a five or a six, you know what I'm saying, is not an insult, honestly. Because it's this thing, like, where women have, like, this false sense of, like, oh, I'm a 10. Like, I, I'm, like, the baddest thing out here. Like, I'm a 10. Like, it's good that you have, that your self-esteem is a 10. You know what I'm saying? Wait, why, <laughs> it's good that you why, feel like a ten. Why is that a trait just for women? Because I see that in men. All because time. I I see it from the most. I don't I don't see men like saying that they're tens. I so, feel like men would be a little more realistic. Like so how they look. I live in D.C. right, and my wife she likes to walk the dogs down the street, mm-hmm. and you know, I know I'm gonna come off a little crude, but we got. The men's shelter is right up the street, right? So we got the men's shelter. Yeah. We got the needles everywhere in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, we got, you know, sometimes some gun violence. We got all types of stuff. We got the gangs. We got a lot going on uh, in little old uh, D.C. I'm going to say with neighborhood, but <laughs> we got a lot of neighborhoods. Uh, I was about to shout it out. No, don't yeah. shout out the neighborhood. Nah. No, no. Well, if, if you do, we can cut it or, or we can leave that. Anyways, she'd be walking down the street. My wife is beautiful. You know, she's always done up, always pristine, always carries herself in a certain way. And every time she walks down the street, you got men that are just like, if you're talking about, you know, the value scheme that Kevin Samuels presents, 
they're at the bottom of the totem pole, according to his value scheme, right? Yeah. They all holler constantly, constantly. Yeah. You got men pulling up and run down cars, hollering, just like. So, like, to me, that's the same thing. Like, oh, you know, I reasonably believe that this situation can work out, that this woman would be attracted to me. And I know there's plenty of women that get those situations through catcalling. You know, the Me Too movement have, has highlighted catcalling. And it's to me, that's the delusion of men. Like so many men walk down the street and say, oh, she's fine. I bet I can, you know, attract her. I, I bet I can seduce her. Mm. And that's the same thing to me. To me, it's the same thing. You're overrating yourself. And so I don't think that is exclusively a women's trait. I think both men and women overrate themselves and it just manifests in different ways. Women overrate and say, I want this type of husband. Men overrate and say, oh, I want this woman to sleep with me. It just looks different. And it looks I think, stupid on both ends. I think that's a difference in conditioning. I feel like men who just like holler and catcall at women know that they, they probably don't measure up. But they have nothing to lose. <laughs> like men are used to like rejection over the years. Like they were used to being the aggressor. Like in like all of these like situations trying to get women. Like women women don't know how to be on that side. Even though if women were the aggressors, they would have a higher success rate. Because the the, the likelihood that a man will accept your advance is is way higher than a woman accepting a man's advance. Okay? Like even if a man has a girlfriend or something going on, he'll he'll probably still weigh the options to still like pursue you. Yeah. But but the point is as far as like no, uh, I I I disagree. Okay. I disagree. So all right. <laughs> Let's let's go back to the cat calling situation. Right? Okay. You know, I don't think they're assessing that they they they're on the same level more so than they like they like what they see. Let me see what what I can. Let me just roll the dice. What I got to lose, especially the homeless people at the homeless shelter. Like what they <laughs> what they got to lose. This is but this is also just everyday men. This is like men up and down the scale. But when you talk about you know okay going back to this high value man concept, Kevin Samuels. Okay. Um, you know, taking my wife out of the equation. But if you're, you know, a standard black woman and you're approached by, you know, a man that fits your criteria, you're going to say yes. So it's like, it's like understanding value. Like women, women, women will say like, oh, this person's not on my level. Same way men will say that. It's just, I think it manifests differently. Men pursue and go after things that don't make sense all the time. Same way that women do. And I think a lot of that has to do with social media. A lot of that has to do with our environment. But I think everyone has this Disney fantasy or this, you know, hyper-masculine, I'm going to, you know, smash everything that's walking fantasy. I just think it manifested. I don't think everybody has that idea, you know, to smash everything. I think that's a very masculine trait to want to go out and, like, conquer everything as far as, like, a man, like, sexually. And then, you know, I think naturally men want to procreate and uh have their own want to procreate have their own family yeah i think they they more of them do than is uh shown publicly in society especially like in modern days with like this hot girl summer stuff yeah i was looking at some of like the city girls lyrics so crazy like the stuff that they're talking about like just like men have been making lyrics like that i got you you know what i see i I feel like it is over time like hip-hop derives from masculinity you know what i'm saying so like it's hip-hop got to a certain especially like big pimpin with like jay-z 
and stuff. I think it's somewhere like the, the economic struggle, like ma- masculinity has always been like the hierarchy in America, in American society. But as Most far as like the modern right. times, like where women's rights started happening and like equality started to become a little bit more feasible and you could like see that in like the economy and like job choices and voting rights and mm-hmm. uh, uh um you know just women's rights all around and uh stuff like that like women started to make more and so like the scales actually did even out and when the scales evened out you know women started to come a little higher they started to make more become more uh, employed in like higher positions it started to be the breadwinners of families. The stay-at-home dad was becoming more, you know, commercialized, especially today. And it's like, is that stay-at-home dad? Is that yeah? I mean, in the black community. Well, I'm talking about in society. I'm talking about just in society. Period. I don't, I'm trying to think if I know any stay-at-home dads. I know a couple. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's just like women just make more, so it makes more sense to for the men or somebody to stay home, be the caretaker. And... I didn't know. Um, thirties uh, ish. I don't have any like close friends that are like stay home dads, but I know like coworkers, um, that are that or that have that structure, operate in that structure. It's just like okay, cool. I seen it on TV. Wow. You know, I started to see it more and more. Um, but I mean, it makes sense. It's like you know, you you have a a, a woman staying home. Like if you want to go traditionally, like a woman just staying home, and the guy being the breadwinner. It's just flipped now. Spoke of like yeah. the attitude part. That I wanted to touch on. Oh lord! I found that oh, thing lord. that I was looking for on Twitter. All right, let's let's talk about it's masculine shame. and feminine traits. Okay, I, just to point out that thing that I was looking at on Twitter, it was shame, insults, guilt, and the need to be right. That was that was Captain Samuel's uh, for women deflection mechanism. We we're going to talk about uh, you know women's added. I mean, uh, 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 communication uh, techniques as they do. But a more accurate one that I saw on Twitter was uh, the woman's playbook. Uh, deflect, gaslight, gaslight, shame, and emasculate. I can talk about a specific story. Maybe you can too. I thought we were going to talk about feminine and masculine traits. Well, you, you wanted to talk about that. Let's that's, that's <laughs> stop there. Then we'll do this because this is it's, it's a lot. All right. Okay. So historically, right? Um, when we talking about being very primal, you had the men who went out and hunted and you had the women who were, uh, more of, you know, domestic, domestic responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Continue that into the modern era. You have the men who were the breadwinners. Cause that's the way the laws are written to only allow for men to be breadwinners, to only allow for men to have rights in voting. Um, and the women had to, again, be domesticated. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until recently that women started to have those same rights. And during that same time, you had uh, within the black community an intentional separation of families, whether that's through the introduction of drugs, whether that's through um, project housing policies where you can't have homes that have two parents in them in order to qualify for assisted living. Mm-hmm. So the government did things to intentionally um, separate black families historically. Um and it's part of that trauma you mentioned. It's part of that trauma you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know if that was deliberate to, to um, for black families more oh, so yeah, than like, oh, I saw a video like Kevin Samuels, somebody else maybe, they were like, you know, public housing and like Section 8 was put there as a temporary solution, as it still is supposed to be a temporary solution because I guess, you know, 
families were broken and that was just like an assistance and so you got your your feet up under you uh but it ended up being a permanent thing once more people started to take that government assistance that free money and just started to just ride it out like it was just a, a free you know you know benefactor money as a situation so i think it it was just like a snowball effect but then you talk about getting your feet underneath you I mean, we really have to understand historical context. Like, you know, our families, we came off the plantation. Um, you had situations where Black communities would thrive and where they would be Black millionaires and wonderful businesses. You have numerous situations where all that would get destroyed. You have Jim Crow laws. You have all these things in place to intentionally disenfranchise Black people. And in the modern era, we're just now beginning the phase of recovery. And in that phase of recovery, that first generation was, you know, a lot of women having to be the breadwinner, having to be the single mother mm-hmm. because of, you know, what they've done to black families. And then the prison, the um, school to prison pipeline with black men. So all, all of this is systemic and you can't just identify this is what the individual is doing without looking at the macro, um, because what drives individual actions is the macro. And so it's like. We need to include all of that in our analysis and say, all right, black women had to be the heads of families. They had to adopt those masculine traits for survival. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to um, be the breadwinners and they had to be the nurturers. And sometimes you would have to forego one or the other because it's a lot for one person. Mm-hmm. And like you said, generational trauma. And that's why the black uh, community needs lots of therapy because of the intentional trauma that's been inflicted on us. I agree. Um, and it, it manifests in so many different ways. And mm-hmm. one of the ways it manifests now is in is in dating and relationships, because we have generations that are raised with the norm of single parenthood. And that's a trauma that's deeper than a lot of us. And yeah, only way to overcome it is through, you know, deep introspection and unlearning those curses. But part of that is is black women, you know, and they're playing. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? Part of that is looking at black women because, okay, you know, they had no choice but to be who they are. I, we can't, we can't, everything isn't like a macro. We can't take like, this is representative of everybody. Cause, but well, of course, it's not representative of everybody, yeah, but it influenced a large portion of the community. It does. But now that we're here now, we still need to focus in on like, you know, black women's like uh, role in these relationships as well. I feel like something that I've noticed, I really didn't touch on my background like Brian did in the beginning of this segment, (laughs) (laughs) but this looks like a good transition to do so. Um, You know, wow. You know, first podcast, bro. Yeah. (laughs) First attempt. Wigging it. Uh, We have similar background. Well, we come from similar places. I come from PG County, you know, went to McNamara, same high school in Forestville. I initially grew up in a two-parent household. Uh, parents split up, I say, like, whatever, like, fifth grade was, fourth grade, fifth grade, like, 2003, four, something like that. And, uh, yeah, so my, my father was my primary uh, caregiver uh, from, like, 10 years old going forward. Um, so a, a lot of the le- the lessons I've learned through him. So uh, in a sense, that's my bias. Like, you know, Brian has his bias and, and his different upbringing. Um, but a lot of that stuff allows me to share the same, uh, 
you know, perspective as Kevin Samuels. Um, well, I kind of identify with him. He threw out a stat like a while ago. He said, you know, one in four black women, you know, get married. Even though we looked at the stat on black demographics, more like a, you know, like a like a third. And it's like it's like 50 percent don't get married. It's like 30 percent were married at the time. The census, like the other were like, uh, you know, separated, widowed and like uh, whatever other. Um, a stat was hella confusing. Yeah. But in my but, experience, but 50 percent. 50% of black women, approximately, and 50% of black men, approximately, never get married. Yeah. So it's, it's relatively close. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, in my experience, like, how I, how I was raised, oftentimes, I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's definitely trauma. I feel like, even like how black people use the N-word, I feel like that's trauma. Like we black people have a way of just making like the wrong shit cool somehow. <laughs> and it was just like I feel like black people should have that still. Just as a result of slavery, we should be able to have that among other things. Mm. Um, but it's a way we gotta like undo a lot of the trauma, but we have to be able to be open and still hold ourselves accountable for stuff that we do. All right, so let, let, you know, men aren't that, that trauma. Okay, uh, yes, <laughs> we do have to be accountable for undoing our trauma. Yeah, Kevin Samuels is not the person you should go to when you need to undo your trauma. He could help. He, he should be the last <laughs> stop on your journey. You should start with your therapist. He could help. You should start with wellness. You should start with mental services, spiritual services. And then at the very last stage, when you're ready for some image consulting and how to go out and present yourself in the world, no, that's when you go that's, to Kevin Samuels. That's you don't need it. He he himself <laughs> tells people you need therapy. He says that constantly, every session. Yeah. You need therapy, and he is not a therapist. But so he, he's an he image needs, They need to go get their therapy. For, you cannot present your best self if you don't even know who you are. Yeah. And that's what the therapy And they're calling for. him because... Because they're lost. They're lost. And they're looking for him for direction. And, and since, he, his direction is therapy. <laughs> he's, right. I have not watched a single video where Kevin Samuels has not said, you need therapy. I've watched at least 10. And he's like, you need therapy. You need therapy. He doesn't say it every time. Oh, but he'd be, hit, he be hitting that therapy. He'd be hitting that therapy. Because he really wants people to go to therapy and get like weekly therapy. But... He's not ashamed to give people a reality check if they call into a show and they start talking delusional and this hyper reality shit that they be talking about. He's not afraid to keep it a buck. And I admire but, him for that. But a lot of times they're not even ready for that because they need the therapy first. Too bad. They need the trauma first. <laughs> you called in. But you, if you're, you got if you a you're dose. truly trying to help people, you can say, talk to me after you have seen so many sessions with a therapist. I know he doesn't have to do that. It's his platform. He loves to tell us it's his platform and he's going to say what he's going to say. But going back to that communication piece, if you truly want to effectively communicate, you could say therapy first and I'll be here once you get your mental health together to help you, you know, present yourself in the best light. I feel like some people that he talks to treat his consultations and his advice as therapy even just watching his youtube videos they, they don't be listening it's not it's they not be, always they don't be listening it don't always it doesn't always work against them sometimes it's just a harsh reality check that they really just needed to wake them up and be like okay and he highlights some of these people like i've i've you know through through my consultations and like my youtube my efforts 
um, you know, three people. I've engaged three couples, you know, and I've gotten, you know, other relationships started. You know, she he's, he talks about getting DMs and like comments about, you know, women thanking him for saving their marriages and stuff. And I believe it. Like some women need like reality checks and stuff. And some men, do or some too. men do too. That's that. Okay, that's, I'm, that's I'm another, holding that's down on women. That's another thing. That's another thing. <laughs> hey, he, he men need work too, no. and, and he talks about he men. Does. He does. His talk first, about men. he talked about men. A lot of people don't know. Yep, he did. He talked about men before. Yes, he, he talked to women right. as I, I harshly, if not worse. He was cooking them. He was. He was, he was calling men, and fat. that was equally not helpful. It was just as helpful, and people were like, "Okay," because people, you know, what people were doing prior to that, making excuses. Lying to themselves, talking about they talking about day tens. They cool. I get to it. You know what I'm saying? Nowhere. I got time. Monuments of nothing. (laughs) And those who use them sell them on much anything. Yeah, hilarious. But I'm just saying, like sometimes we do lie to ourselves, even with like even like with smoking. Like I'm just talking like on a realistic, like practical level, like just like just just relating. Like I like I got time. Like I can stop smoking, but smoking is gonna reel you back in, and you know what's gonna come once you run out of weed. Once you run out of you like your fix, like you know you're gonna think about that because you're already habitualized to it. So I'm like, sometimes you need somebody to smack you, like you need to stop, or else you're not gonna like get to where you want to get to in life. And sometimes that calls you to sit back and be like, oh damn. And you know you don't necessarily have to go to you know therapy twice, two times, three times a week to get that message for it to sink in. Sometimes you just need one one, one good one good punch in the face. But you to wake also. You up. I don't think it's. But a, that's a man's approach to it. I don't think it's this or that. I think it's a yes and. That's one of the techniques I learned in uh, therapy, by the way. What do you mean? The yes and, you know? What do you mean? You so, like, people. if someone says a point and you agree with that point and there's more, you hit them with the yes and. Yeah. And therapy. Yeah, you, a lot of people maybe, use that but. Yeah, that, that wake up call could be something that works for certain people. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it triggers that therapy, especially you know I was listening to a lot of the men's stuff uh, last night uh, mm-hmm. while I was playing 2K. Uh, shout out to that face scanner they got um, the player kind of looked like me from the side. That was cool. Um, but anyways, uh, he was cooking them, and I was just like, man, it was a lot of hurt men, just hurt. And Kevin Samuels, not the person to help you with your hurt. You need a therapist. You need a you need a mirror. You need a sounding board to walk you through those issues and these to are, dig those up. These Before, are like traditional strategies. To, that's their traditional strategies for whole people. Okay, the thing is, okay, so whole let, let, yeah. Let me let's get into that. Let's get into that for whole for whole people. Oh, I'm, I'm being completely serious. So, um, watching Kevin Samuel's videos led me to um, Mrs. G. That's her uh, our YouTube name. But she wrote a book. She wrote a book called Man Leads. Um, I ordered the book. I'm, I'm going to read it. I'm going to let y'all know. What <laughs> you got is. more and more into this subject than I even like. No, I told you I'll be, I'll be going. It, it took me a lot of places. I'm proud of you. Uh, whatever. Anyways. Um, so she wrote the book and she basically has a wife school in Senegal where she teaches um, traditional wife skills and how to attract um, a certain type of mate. Um, usually the high value man that Kevin Samuels is discussing those two they're like one and the same um but her approach her communication style is a lot more woman friendly i would say um 
I lost my point. I lost my point. We're going to have to cut this. You, look, <laughs> you looked up a lady on YouTube. But before that, what was I saying before that? Uh, you said something. Your vision board. You, that's what whole people do. Oh, yes. Whole people. There we go. Let me, let me so apologize that, to the partial people go. that might be there watching this. So a lot of that program that she's talking about with the wife school has to deal with therapy. They do so much therapy work. They don't even talk about any, and I'm not saying I agree with the wife school or anything. All I'm saying is they got that therapy piece and they start with it. And you cannot move on until you've done enough introspection to truly understand this is who I am. These, this is how my experiences have shaped me. Um, and this is how I can navigate them in the future. If you don't have that, you can't even apply image consulting appropriately because you're living a lie. Hmm. But image consulting, depending on how it's delivered, might allow you to be more open to therapy. Therefore, the his whole, his hopefully. his steps on how he works might be appropriate for some. Then again, some. you know, therapy isn't like you know foolproof either. Like it's people not. people back out of uh, you know therapy all the time, relapse mm-hmm. and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I feel like sometimes therapists, sometimes okay. At least for Kevin Samuels, sometimes there are therapists that won't talk to Kevin Samuels because of his approach. I feel like that's a personal bias that's being mixed into therapy. We're gonna hit that time. You know what I'm talking about? No. So time therapy. Okay, let's talk about therapy. So my wife, she was previously in the marriage and family therapy program at Virginia Tech. Uh, That program is closing, and it is really a horrible story. Um, Look up that if you're interested. Anyways. Therapists do not give their opinion. They don't give, they use different theories and techniques so that you come up with a solution. So you'll talk to a therapist and you'll say, you know, I'm having this issue. They'll ask questions. How did that make you feel? Um, Why did this happen? Give me some more background. What do you think is next steps? You know, how could you have handled that better? They are a sounding board and a reflection of you. So they don't, they don't tell you, they don't coach. That's the difference between a therapist and a coach. They don't give you their opinion. They use certain techniques that apply to your situation mm-hmm. to be an appropriate sounding board so that you uncover the answer for yourself. If they give you the answer, you're generally not going to follow it. Yeah. So they want you to come up with the answer. That's what therapy is. I wonder how true that is, like, consistently. Like, I oh, wonder how many, like, therapists... They can lose their license for not doing that. I have had some bad therapists who didn't do that, and I left them because I was like... Have you had, like, a therapist that, like, kind of, like, infused their own... Uh, opinion it was horrible absolutely horrible. that's what i mean like yeah, therapists aren't going to always like uh, uh stick to the script yeah, of therapy yeah. like some of them are actually going to act like people like listening to another person and that's yeah, yeah that's that's a coach and that's how i feel like a lot of people just end up like trying to figure it out by themselves because they just realize it's an individual problem already you know you yeah. gotta i a feel like this could help and that's where a kevin samuels will come in you know people already feel like they already know the answers to their questions like many of us do, you like if you if you want to get somewhere, you could probably in your mind be like, okay, I probably need to cut this out. I probably need to do this. I probably need to do that to get to where I want to go. And then a Kevin Samuels comes by and hits you with that harsh reality. You know what I'm saying? To wake you up, and you know, I feel like that's a an equitable dose of reality, maybe for some, but but I therapy's the traditional route, you know. But there's there's more to being like a person there's more to courting there's more to it than we gotta refocus these left, the than these left brain items like so it's very so i'm reading this book um called the whole brain child in preparation for um our child who's soon coming 
-hmm. and it talks about emotional intelligence and how children react, right? Mm -hmm. So children are naturally more right-brained where they rely on their emotions and they react to things. Kind of, kind of like animals, you know. Branded, huh? That's a word. Right brain, brain, brained, brain. Did I say branded? Brain, branded, brain, brained. Whatever. English English is a questionable language anyway. Brained, right brained. Yeah. Um, and so what you have to do is you have to make them draw connections between the right and the left brain. Otherwise, they'll grow up too strong right or too strong left. So, in a sense, is the right brain like? kind of like feminine as opposed feminine masculine traits type of thing or like emotional you can think of it that reality, way I, I, haven't, I haven't read that part they're not they're not talking about feminine masculine they're just talking about frozen the whole yeah I don't, I don't i don't know you can think about it research that okay but um so you get in a car accident right and your child's in the back of the car right mm-hmm. the book is talking about your child will want to voice that and want to talk through that and to way to help that even when they're babies is you talk to them you, and you create that connection they will babble they will say whatever they will say car they will say whatever happened you'll say yes I, yes we got in a car accident yes it was very scary right oh and this happened the car crashed and it was a loud sound and then what you do to make that connection so you're, you're drawing a story they're mm-hmm. having these emotions they're trying to sort through them you're drawing the story and then what you do at the end is you talk about the resolution. Yeah, it was really scary. And then what happened next? Yeah, mommy got out the car and mommy held you and told you it was okay. And then we uh, went to the hospital, we got checked out and now we're back home and it's, everything's okay. Yeah, but that was really scary. And so by doing that, you're teaching your child emotional intelligence to be able to decipher trauma, decipher issues and to rationalize them and work through them and to let them go. Mm. And one of the things with trauma, if you don't have proper um, rearing with trauma, whether it's being raised by your parents which, to how to deal with trauma, or if you don't seek out professional help to deal with trauma, is you will manifest those traumas for the rest of your life because you're constantly trying to work through them, just like how you did when you were a little baby. Um, mm. So that's why I keep saying you need someone who's professionally trained to train you how to make that link. Because if you don't, if you're too right-brained or too left-brained, you end up someone who's either very robotic or someone who's just overly emotional and irrational. But you need both in order to be a whole person. And that's that's going back to my whole person point at the beginning. You need to be a whole person yeah, before right. you come to Kevin Samuels. <laughs> don't be coming to him when you have a person. That's the thing. That, that's like so many factors. It's like everybody thinks that they're a whole person at this age. <laughs> but we're all they a bunch do. of broken people with a facts. bunch of different issues. That's facts. So now we got to figure out, and then people have to identify with the people that are getting therapy. How are they broken? Am I really broken that way? Do I feel broken that way? Mm-hmm. And do I do I consider myself broke? Is that something that needs to be fixed? Mm-hmm. And this, know? Ties, this ties into exactly what I was saying about trauma inflicted about, upon the Black community in mass. So there are certain traumas that we as individuals will have to unravel. That's not necessarily your fault. Traumas that you've inherited. Mm-hmm. But it's not your fault that you inherited it, but it is your responsibility to work through it appropriately, to make those connections, to use your whole brain, and to come prepared to enter the world as a whole person. So that's mm-hmm. that's why when Kevin Samuels excludes that portion from his discussions, I'm like, 
you're not capturing the trauma. Yes, I know that's not your role. You're not role is you're not <laughs> you're not a trauma consultant. Right. Um, but I think there needs to be more emphasis. And I think he 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 does say you need therapy, but I think he could help more if he's like, bruh, you need so much therapy that we can't even get to talking. So I'm gonna give you this number, hit them up after you have a couple sessions with them, show some progress, then hit me up. Kevin Samuel's gonna get his content. Kevin Samuel's gonna get his content. He is gonna get his content. He, he content gonna, over everything. He's he gonna tell you about about yourself. He sees the same situations. I feel like he's already jaded. That's why I don't like always agree with like his points. Like he, he's already jaded. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, what, he, what do you mean? He's like, jaded through life. Like he has, you know. Like he has trauma himself. Yeah. Like he does have trauma and stuff. I feel like some of that comes off aggressively. My father always told Ooh, me, like, wait a minute. Hey, after, so, so are you I, wait, 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 wait. Samuels is not a whole. Let me person? get this off. We're not supposed to talk about. Let me him. get We're this off. Talk about the He's still credible, even though he has a lot of experience that has jaded him along the way. But that doesn't mean that he, he can't discern, you know, right information from wrong or like a problem that he sees, a consistent problem that he sees from, you know, his experience. You know, it's like a therapist who, who's had that, you know, background as well, like two failed marriages and maybe had a stepchild and like a, a child um, out um, in, a, in a failed marriage that resulted in a failed marriage. They're still a therapist. They still went and got the education. Does that discredit them that, you know, their life isn't all, you know, peachy keen because you don't, you know, know their background? No, I don't think it discredits him for- yeah, but for, I feel like record. I feel like it works for him though, because it gives you the experience. Like you, you know, like you have a background. Because he says he hasn't cheated, so we can't really say infidelity was a factor for him at least. Um, but you know that failed marriages, you know, will give you experiences that a successful marriage won't. Especially from his vantage point, where he tries to help partner women who are looking for these high, high value men to find significant others as an image consultant so he knows how the field grades them as well as others and it kind of use them uh you know judges them on like the macro standpoint like you're looking for this man this man like okay five to seven percent of men uh make a hundred thousand dollars or more okay this is a small pool of men you need to be proactive and put yourself in a situation where you can find one of these men and stop waiting for god to bless you and hand deliver you a man in your lap. So far, I have, I don't believe I've said I disagree with what he's saying. I've been talking about his approach and the exclusion of certain things. Yeah. But what he covers, what he covers, <laughs> what he covers, what do you mean what he covers? It could be presented differently, but the concepts are there. The concepts are strong, they support the research and the data. All I'm saying is that communication piece, again, to be as effective as possible for the community, is it effective to communicate using your trauma? I don't know about that. I don't think he's using his trauma to communicate. You just said it comes through. No, I'm saying. You said it comes through. No, I'm saying. I can can hear it. You can hear the trauma. That's my, I can hear that. I can hear it sometimes. This is my, this is my, this is my uh, opinion. Like some of his trauma, my father always told me, like my father would told me like, he was around like his mid fifties, like around that age, you started to get a little bit more bitter, you know, <sighs> naturally. Like you get a little bitter, you get a little bit, little, little, uh, little edge to you. Like that, that old man edge, like you get like a little bit of that, like grittiness about, I don't know how your life played out. Maybe like some, some things that you don't, you know, you wish you could have done 
or like some regrets that you might have. You get a little bit bitter, bitter about life, That's how true. life played out. That's now just some real shit. But I'm talking but about here. This, this is your platform, and you're gonna talk about what you want to talk about on your oh, hell platform. Yeah. <laughs> <All> right, <yeah. laughs> That's what I gotta talk about. But as far as like when we get uh, like when me and my significant other when we get to an argument, like I usually see these patterns. I usually try to. I usually I'm usually on the the um the the side of trying to address whatever problem like I'm I'm trying to fix the problem, right? Mm. I'm a man about it. like I'm trying I'm trying to address the problem, see what it is, lay the facts on the table, and fix it, right? Mm. But my girl's perspective is like, you know, I'll voice my opinion how I feel about it. You voice your opinion how you feel about it. We might disagree, but we'll agree to disagree. But that's not a solution, okay? Is that a solution? You both agree to disagree, but you can't agree on any facts because when I present facts to the table, you're saying it didn't happen that way, or you're trying to twist it. That's but where that communication styles is something that every couple has to get a hold on, and you cannot really get a hold on it without professional intervention because I don't, I can't experience how I speak. I can't. I can't. Only she can experience it. And she experiences it through a lens based on her experiences. You know, your girlfriend can't experience, you can't experience how your girlfriend, uh, wait, what am I saying? Your girlfriend can't experience how you speak. Yeah. Right? She, uh, she filters it. And the way you experience her is through your filter. It, you have to understand each other's filter. That's it. Yeah. And stuff like this will blow it way out of proportion and say, oh, women do this and women do that. Yeah, women do this, women do that. Men do this and men do that. Hey, a little bit of therapy and it's no longer an issue. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. That's an easy one. I could probably knock that one out with my little bit of therapy training. Bring her in. Let's <laughs> How to deal camera. with that problem? Yeah, I can knock that one out. Man, I don't even that's know. That's an easy one. Damn, I'm telling you. I don't think that's an easy one. Oh, I'm telling you that's an easy one. We knocked that I out in like so. one session. That's one session. Uh, no. I'm trying, I'm trying <laughs> to figure Okay. Let me tell you about. No, it. I agree let with me, that. Let me tell you about a bigger issue. That, um, <laughs> I just don't know that my wife true. and I had when we first started dating. If she got mad at me, she wouldn't talk to me for days, Cam. Mm. Days. See, she would throw a fit. Days. She got mad. She got mad at me when I took a, a, when I didn't talk to her for a day. She said, "Okay, I told you this is not what we do. <laughs> this is this was my deal." But there's, right there's, and that's something. Now, you know, my wife gets mad at me. She tells me immediately. And so, you know, again, no one's going to communicate effectively from the beginning. Everyone has their own style. But when you meet someone who wants to make it work and wants to figure it out, you get some help and you figure it out. And, you know, don't overcomplicate it. People are going to have issues. You're going to walk into some dumb shit. Any relationship is going to start off with dumb shit. I guarantee you. If it don't start off with dumb shit, that's really weird. And I don't understand that. Um, I don't have, I've yet to see it not start with dumb shit, um, but it'll get better Yeah. as long as both parties are consciously saying, okay, what can I do to make it better rather than pointing all the blame? You got two parties that do that. You good. Hmm. good. It's a fair discussion. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's definitely a fair discussion. I think, uh, you know, Kevin Samuels has one of many approaches. He has like a very popular approach as of uh, today that, mm-hmm. you know, very abrasive and i feel like works for some maybe Mm -hmm. not for others Mm -hmm. a lot of the others will just reject it off of his approach alone and not really listen to his content or others might you know 
listen to his content and he might say something that, you know, they identify with and might lead to them watching more of his content and that might be their therapy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I feel like, I guess there's like a stigma with like therapy in the black community and like yes, addressing black is. trauma and like depression and stuff there like that. Go. So that's something we could talk about. So that's something, that's something else that, you know, push harder. Yeah. And that's there another, that's another thing that we need to, you know, overcome. Mm-hmm. I think I might be over, I, I need to address my own biases behind like how much therapy works because I remember going to therapy individually and the therapist was just saying things that I already knew about myself. I think that's that's what kind of shaped my opinion. And like, she didn't like really identify with my demographic. Maybe it would have hit harder at that time. But or I don't know. She was just saying I had a black stuff. man therapist. Black yeah, man. that would have been better for me. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. She, this therapist was just saying stuff I already knew. I was just like, all right, I got this. It's just I just need to do it. But I just I don't know. I just got carried away in life and just never like put the stuff I already knew into practice. Mm-hmm. As many people, I feel like. You know, end up doing as we try to work through, you know, issues ourselves. You know, Brian's and me in, in the beginning of a marriage. I'm in the middle of a relationship, you know, mm-hmm. trending towards uh, marriage. So we're growing. Okay, and trending. I see you trending topics. Okay. Sharing our experiences. Okay. Yeah, do, do that as, couple therapy. That's the as we're here in life, it's maybe gonna be great. It's gonna be great. we can identify with mm-hmm. others in our situation and maybe uh, identify with uh, people with similar experiences, you know. Therapists be wild too. They be like, "So how often are you guys having sex?" Huh? Yeah. Sounds like y'all need to pick that up. I be like, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> <Just> pick that up." <laughs> That's episode two. It's like no. what? <laughs> Talking about no sex. Oh, Maybe later. Oh, you get like a sex therapist. Oh, therapy and sex. Tie that in. That'd be dope. That'd be nice little uh, open conversation. Mm-hmm. So maybe get a black therapist, sex therapist on here, have an open discussion. That'd be great. But you know, this is the the prototype, the first episode. Maybe you guys liked it. Tune in, mm-hmm. subscribe. Yeah. I'm gonna try to make some more content, a little bit more organized, a little bit more formal. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I'm not surprised. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not surprised in the right wrong word. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I'm not disappointed by this episode because. It's what we talked about, and I think we touched on a lot of the big topics that we wanted to discuss on this episode. Mm-hmm. So, more to come. More Any to come. Uh, final comments, questions, wow. comments, concerns? I mean, all I got to say is, you know, just in general, be careful what you consume. Um, when you're looking for help, just be very mindful of the uh, intention of the help. Um, someone like Kevin Samuels, which I think he does do a lot of good work, um, but his core function when he's on media platforms is entertainment. I'm quite sure in his private sessions, because his core session, core motivation when he's in his private sessions is not entertainment, it's results. Um, so I'm quite sure you'll get a different feel uh, when you do those things, but if it's on the internet, it's there for entertainment. So just be very mindful of those things. Um, seek out private spaces for help because that's where you usually receive the most authentic and personalized help. Um, but there's lots of resources out there and, you know, make sure you're using them to better yourself and better your community. 
that's all I got. <laughs> Very clean, Brian. Very clean. Yeah. Had to do it. Second all that stuff, you know. We're growing people. We've been through so much. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's gonna take a while. Slavery was only like two hundred fifty, three hundred years ago. You know, you still got great grandparents that still, you know, has remnants of uh slavery in their mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're growing. It's a work right. in progress. So this concludes the first episode of Black Thoughts and Open Conversation. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we see you guys in the near future. Stay right. tuned. Take it. Woo! That was good. Uh-huh.